I was always very modest, really didn't think of myself as being particularly smart or unusual. I just thought I was more interested in certain topics than other people, but that sometimes I find a technical subject just becomes absolutely fascinating to me. I can't think about anything else. When you learn a new computer technology, you can immediately put it to work by writing the software and be able to do things you couldn't do before. That I'm amazingly productive during these times. I can write amount of software programs that would take a normal person months and months to write and I can just do it in a few days because I'm so excited and driven and obsessed with it. It's always been something unique that I've had. That was a lot of what has made me decide to work with computers because that is what I have done throughout my career. The rule breakers, the rule breakers, the misfits, the misfits, not the status quo, the status quo. This is, this is, thriller lining, thriller lining. Today on Through the Lightning, we have on Super Testnet. He is a, he's one of my best friends. There's no one closer in my life when it comes to Christianity. He's my spiritual brother. He's somebody that I lean on all the time. And he takes a lot of the burdens that I have in my life. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I could have done any of the things that I do currently right now without him. He literally is a lot of my guiding light that I do here at Pleb Lab, Thriller Bitcoin, Austin Bitcoin Club, just everything that I have going on. And uh, it really is because of him that I'm able to get through the day to day. And uh, this is just a conversation about Christianity, a little bit about lightning, but Mostly about being a Christian in the Bitcoin space. Hope you guys enjoy. And maybe they come to life. Sign is setting in again. Three, two, one, you pin. Come to 
find me So they crucify me House of flames when I leave Come and purify me Come and sanctify me You the air that I breathe The ultra, ultra light beam you know, I, I never had a specific moment of conversion or a moment of like, um, I, I'm going to leave behind the life I lived before and start living a Christian life. For me, it was all—it was always like my, some of my earliest memories and, and growing up was was always that this was always one of the, the most important things in my life. Spiritual brother, super testnet. Hi, Car. Good to be here. Thanks for coming on the show. Not a problem, man. Always glad to be on your podcast. Man, I can't believe, uh, can't believe how far we've come. Isn't it great? Yeah, I know. Seems like it was just a just a couple months ago that Thriller Thriller Lightning was starting out, and now it's a big thing. <laughs> right? Yeah, man. It's crazy. So, um, I wanted you on the podcast today because I wanted I wanted to talk about Christianity with you. I just yeah. didn't want to talk about lightning. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with that, yeah, not a problem, man. I, I know we're supposed to talk about lightning because it's a lightning podcast, but I want I want to talk about Christianity because I, I mean to 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 me, I can only speak for myself, but to me, like I I, I reach out to you all the time, almost every day. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll pray together, and um, I always ask you for spiritual guidance in my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I didn't have you in my life, it'd be very hard for me on a day to day basis. You know, I appreciate that, Car. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of friends in my life who uh, look at me as someone who who they can talk to about spiritual things. You know, because because I am a Christian and. And uh, and I'm outspoken about that, and it's and it's an important part of my life. So um, I'm glad to be there for you and to and to be someone who you can talk to about that stuff. Yeah. Um, so it, it was interesting. Like when you when you came into my life last year um, at Club Lab, um, I remember that first day we met, and uh, Kyle he was like, "Oh, we have this new person, Super Testnet." And, uh, and then I was like, yeah, let me go spend time with them. Mm-hmm. And we, we went to go spend time together. And, uh, and then it was like later that evening, I had told you my story. And then, uh, you revealed to me that you were a Christian. And, um, I don't, I don't think I ever told you this, but like later that night, I literally cried because I had been struggling with a lot personally in my personal life. Yeah. And, um, I was just thanking God that he had sent 
you were the first Christian brother that he had sent to me. And I was asking him for a sign yeah. to like keep this going. Because at the time I was really debating whether to like go back into the fiat job mm-hmm. and um, to, like to go back to my old job because me and Kyle were at a point where we couldn't sustain anymore. And uh, you were the, the first signal from God was like, I just sent you a, a Christian brother to help you. And uh, that I saw that as a sign. Yeah, I literally did. I saw that as a miracle. Like, no, this is a sign to keep going. Well, you know, I want to mention that it's it's you've also been a very big positive impact on me. You know, one of the things that I really admire about you, Carr, is the you're 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 a frequent Bible reader. So I often see you. I come into the office and I see you thumbing through the pages of your New Testament, and it's something you talk about. You'll, you'll say like, "Well, I was reading in the Bible the other day, and and it said this, and it spoke to me in this way." Uh, and I think that's that's so um, that's so inspiring. It's inspiring to see another Bitcoiner, well, just even another another friend who is uh, who's into the Bible and who who uses it as a guide in his life. So I really appreciate and admire that about you. Yeah, I think I, I personally think like it, it's such a um, a strong source of um, of knowledge, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I've told you this before. I I, I feel like. There's a reason why it's it's been around for so long, and yeah, sure, there's different versions of it. But like, if when you get down to like the root of it, it it's still relatively there. And, and I mean, yeah, it's not going to be near perfect to where it was and all that. But I, I mean, I can speak, speak for myself, and I, I feel like, you know, it, it's it's it. A lot of people had to die for that thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had to die mm-hmm. for it to be passed down. You know, those first three hundred years, a lot of people were crucified. A lot of people were beheaded a lot of a lot of a lot of savagery back then yeah uh, and there was a reason people sacrificed for that thing to live on mm-hmm. um and i think there's a reason for it like there's a reason why that bible I- exists today and, and, and still comes through and it still hits hard when you read it and i think that's i think that that has to be something right super it does but it, uh, i mean there is a reason for it it's uh, I think it's God protecting His word. You know, He uh, He He could He He set up a, a scenario where he, where He knew there would be people who were going to try to attack it, who were trying to going to try to burn down the libraries and stuff like that. And so He set up and said, All right, "I want I want people to make copies of this. I want people to uh, hide it. I want people to put it in put it underground and put it in put it in caves, like in jars in a cave, and stick it there for five thousand years, or not not five thousand, but you know, however many years, hundreds of years before somebody finds it again." Um, so that we could have an accurate, accurate record of what he says. You know, he, he, he participates in that process of preserving his word as well. Right. You know, um, I read something today, let me grab my phone, but, um, it was pretty inspiring when I read it. Um, and it was interesting because it really hit home and I, I, I have a, um, I have this, 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 this book that I read every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after I read the book, I, I pray. Um, but it's like a reflection book and it has like an everyday reflection. Mm-hmm. And um, it has a reflection, then it has a prayer. But today's reflection was really interesting. It said, Satan does not own any guns or bombs. He does not sell drugs or solicit prostitutes. His only weapon is to lie. All he can do is convince us to believe lies about God, ourselves, and our future, and all the evil he intends will follow. And then the prayer was, 
Jesus, inspire in us a great love for the truth, that we may know the freedom it brings and recognize the evil of lies and deception. And I thought that was very powerful yeah. to today's age, mm-hmm. like the time that we're in right now, everything that we're seeing across the world. Like you just told me right now before we started this podcast about like the whole Canadian thing that's going on mm-hmm. and about the people that are at the borders and now they're going to get arrested if if they're just hanging out protesting about, about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Restrictions and lockdowns and things. Yeah, I think it really speaks to the need for community. Um, there's a lot about there's a lot about uh, what's going on in this day where where there, there's separation between people the, the, try, trying to keep people away from each other, um, and we need community. It's uh, we're, we're social creatures and we're designed to we're designed to have like families and stuff and, and community members and churches. Um, and you, you, I see that a lot. You know, even among even among Christian Bitcoiners, I see a lot of them saying things like, "Well, yeah, I'm Christian. I just don't go to church." It's like, well, I mean. But that's part of it, you know. That's that's part of being Christian. Is uh, God wants us together. He wants us. Uh, he wants us to build one another up, bear one another's burdens, and uh, and it's yeah. That's why that's why He made us a, a body. He made us a, a community, and not just silo Christians. Right. <clears throat> you know that. You know. So some of the things I, I've seen lately, you know, just just you know, out there. Um some of the conversations that we've been having amongst ourselves in our community right now, just as Bitcoiners and um, with friends and stuff, um, you know, a a lot of us are, some are worried and and some of them, some of us are, 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 are kind of banding together. But I think, I think, I think, I think, I think for the most of us, I think a lot of us are, I'm kind of ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm ready. I know I talk to others, and I feel like a lot of us are ready for what's ahead. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah, I think uh, if you got God in your life, then it uh, helps a lot with being prepared. Um, because, you know, he says in his word, he says uh, not to worry about what tomorrow will bring, because uh, today's got enough stuff to worry about. Um, and I think that that helps a lot with being ready, because... Uh, because if you have that mindset of, I'm going to take each day as it comes, um, you could be prepared for anything. So I don't, I don't know if that if, does that make sense or. Yeah, a little bit. Can you expand on it a little bit? Yeah, if you if you live every day relying on God to provide, um, you know He'll do it. Uh, he p- part of being prepared is being a godly person who says I've got God in my life and uh, and I'm going to rely on Him to provide what I need. And uh, and he does. He he provides every day that your daily bread and uh, and and your daily needs. So um, I, I I just see that very often in my life that uh, th- th- things uh, be, things work out where it's like oh I, I needed that to happen because of because of something that's coming up or whatever and you know he provides he he puts something in your path so that you can get through it. Yeah, that that's one of the things that's kind of astonished me about. Um, <clears throat> about becoming a Christian and or coming back to, to Christianity in, in 2021 is that the, the, the daily miracles that you see um, where you'll pray for something or pray for somebody or, or pray for your community or, or, or pray for a little bit of light in your life. Mm-hmm. And then it just magically happens. And, and 
I, I hate to use the word magic because it's not magic. It, it's God. But I remember the first couple of times when it happened, I was like, whoa, I was stunned. I was mm-hmm. like, what is going on? I was like literally stunned. Uh, and Sounds then, like you have a pretty cool story there. Do you want to share it? Sure. I'll share it. There was this one time I was going to church. I was running late. I was literally running late to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to attend the afternoon session because I was just running late. Um, and it was like around 5, I don't know, it was like 5.15, 5. I was running late. And then um, as I was going to to uh, to church on the freeway here off of Mopac, mm-hmm. uh, there was a car. And it literally like cut me off like super dirty. Like it was like a dirty cutoff. Yeah. And I was like, man, this guy could have hit me. But like, luckily he didn't. But by him cutting me off, um, I missed my turn that I was supposed to get to. Mm-hmm. So now it was going to be even more late. So I had to take the long way. But my by me taking the long way, I was going to have to go uh, the back way to get to church instead of me taking my normal way to get to church. Right. So I had to take the long way. So I took the long way, went out this way, but right there on the turning lane, I see this man. And like this homeless man was like literally like wobbling almost to the point to where he looked like he was about to like, he just did not look good. Mm-hmm. He did not look good super. He, he looked really bad. He looked in bad shape. Yeah. And he was like packing up, like he was about to leave, but my heart like sank. It was like almost like a, like a moment of like, um, it was like a lightning bolt hit me down in my head. It was like, it was like. It's a know, moment of grace. Is that what it's called? But that's what, uh, what's it, that author called? There was an author who called it that, but uh, now I'm forgetting her name. But uh, she wrote short stories and in her short stories, someone would have a moment of grace where something would change and it would it would change their outlook on the on a situation or whatever. But keep going. Yeah, it, it was like, have you ever seen your, I don't know, have you ever seen like maybe one of your parents or like, I, I know I've seen my mom like fall. Like she's like walking down the stairs and then she falls for like the first, like the first step on the way down. Yeah. She'll like fall and then I'll be like, oh my God, my mom, she's falling. And I go and help her really quickly get up. It was like one of those things where like you instinctively want to go and jump in the way to like help her get back up or help her. You know, it was like one of those yeah. it was like immediate like pain. I'm like, oh my God, like my mom's falling. I need to go help her. It was like that. It was like immediate, like mm-hmm. lightning bolt. And so when I saw this guy, I was like, oh no, I got to go help. Like that kind of pain hit me that hard. Yeah. And so I was like, but I got to go to church. But it was like, no. And so what, what I did was like, I pulled around literally pulled into the grass. I didn't even think like twice. It was like, I'm going to pull into the grass, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and like help him. And so I pulled into the grass and we literally got his bicycle and pulled it into the thing, put it in the back of my trunk. And I look at his leg and his, his thigh, his thigh is like all like completely just like caved in, like, like he had gotten bitten or something. Like it was like completely like it was bleeding out. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, sir, you, you look like you are hurt really, really bad. Do you need Wounded. to go to, do you need to go to the hospital? He's like, I just came from the hospital. Um, they've already cleaned it up, but I don't have any bandages. I don't have anything to clean this up. And I was like, well, we need to take you to like H E B or Walgreens to like clean to get you some bandages and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I took him to H E B. 
I took him to like get bandages and stuff. And then I was like, do you need food? Like, do you need like something? And yeah, sure enough, like he needed food. We got him food he had and nothing. all stuff. He had nothing. He literally, <clears throat> he literally had nothing. And so, and so what we, so we ended up doing is like, we ended up getting food and all this stuff. And literally what happened was like that, I think I was, I think I was with Kyle already at that point. And I just didn't have a lot of money. I think I had like my last $200 and like, I ended up using my last $200 to help him instead. Mm -hmm. But it was like, he needed it more than I do. It, it didn't matter. Right. It did. It, it did. It, it didn't matter. Yeah, and you got you've also got like a good social connections. You got friends. You got a stable support group. Yeah, and like you know, it just it didn't matter at the end of the day. Right. Like I, I could go get a job. I can go make money some other way. But this man can't do that. Right. He literally can't do that. And he was. It looked like if I didn't help him, that leg could have been amputated. Mm -hmm. That's how I looked at it. It was just like clearly obvious. And so that's why I feel like those kind of miracles that happen, like God puts you in those situations to help for a reason. Mm -hmm. And he's giving you that choice. You can either help that individual or you can't help that individual. And he's, he's, he's testing you to help them or not. And if you have the means to help them, you should help them. And I, I hear this a lot amongst regular people who don't go to church and the people that do go to church. And I, I've, I've realized that um, time and time again, people will say, well, how do you know they're not going to use it on drugs or how do you know they're not going to use it on beer? Or how do you know? And it's like, no, that's that's besides the point. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's not for you to judge. Like, it's 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 for them to make that. That's a decision. That's something that they have to live with with God, mm -hmm. right? Like, it, it's uh, it's like that story, like uh, that that they say is like, um, you know. That that's something that he's going to have to go go with God and 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 God is going to talk to him about that when he gets up right. to heaven. He's going to be like, I sent a Christian. Mm -hmm. A Christian gave you money, gave you food, gave you all this stuff, and then you went and sold it, or he gave you money to help you, and you instead of you doing that, you went and bought it on booze instead. Sure. So it's like one of those things where you have to. That's how I look. I look at it very simply. It's like. You're supposed to help them. We're all God's creatures, and it's that simple. I used to volunteer at Catholic Charities once, and one of the things that I learned there was about because uh, they, they they have these uh, food food pantries all over the country, and people will come into the food pantries, and if you let them, you know they'll, they'll take everything. They'll just like they'll come in there with a grocery card, take everything, come in the next day, take everything, and you find out there's they they go out and they sell it on the streets and stuff, and they're not. And what they told me at Catholic Charities was that they they have to place rate limits on what people can come in and get, and they have to like check were you here in the last in the last three days or whatever, because if they don't, then other people who need that stuff won't be able to get it, because there's people who are going to profiteer off of your generosity, <clears throat> and so they they put rate limits on stuff, and they're like, all right, we're we're gonna they they take measures to ensure that that stuff doesn't happen. But it can look like, you know, someone can easily come into one of those places and be like, well, that person wanted food and you wouldn't give it to them. It's like, well, but you don't know the full story there. They were here two days ago. They got their ration of food for a whole week. And then they come in here two days later, later saying they need it again. And we have to put rate limits on this stuff. So I'm reminded of that 
example a lot. Um, <clears throat> like it's, it's, there are people who really need our care. They really need our money. They really need our attention. They really, they really need our charity. And then there are people who are trying to profiteer off of us. Um, and finding, finding a way to, um, to set boundaries and to, and to help, help people who or put your money where it's really needed is, uh, is a good skill to learn. Yeah. So I, I guess one of the one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was um, kind of how was your upbringing when it came to becoming a Christian and or for you becoming Catholic? Like how did how did that mm-hmm. how did did you go as a as an early? Yeah, my um my when I, so from the time I was born and and the time I was raised, my parents were always very strong, um, strongly Catholic. It was a very important part of their identity. Uh, early memories I have is like. My, my parents would sit us down on the couch uh, in the evenings and read us stories out of the Bible, like starting in Genesis. <clears throat> they just they just read us what was going on in the scriptures. And when you have an upbringing like that, um, it it has an effect. You know, it has a it leaves an impression. Um, my mom would like take us to take us to church, um, not just on Sundays and on holy days, but also on. Like she would go several times a week and she'd take us with her. And it wasn't just that. It was like she would volunteer for church activities, like go and staff a booth at the local county fair, even help find other people to do it too. Uh, and when you live that kind of life and it's, it has always been important to you, it has an effect. So for me, um, you know, I, I never had a specific moment of conversion or a moment of like, um, I'm, I'm going to leave behind the life I lived before and start living a Christian life. For me, it was all—it was always like my, some of my earliest memories and, and growing up was was always that this was always one of the, the most important things in my life, the, the most important thing, not not one of. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. That's it's probably a unique. I think most most people who I talk to have a moment of conversion where they where they uh, decide I'm going to leave behind an old life and adopt a new one. But uh, there's a there's a scripture verse about a guy named Timothy who was a protege of St. Paul. And he was, uh, St. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, um, stir up the gift that has been in, in you since your youth, since your grandmother Lois was a Christian. And I think that there's some people who don't have, you know, a, a moment of, um, or, or at least a single identifiable moment of conversion where their life changes. But there's some people who've been Christian from their youth, and and I, I'm I'm one of those, so. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And mm-hmm. and when you came into the um, the the Bitcoin space, um, did you did you let people know that you were Christian, or how did that kind of come out when you were around other Bitcoiners? Yeah, I uh, it, I think it comes out. Uh, a lot of people notice uh, like um, some things about me. I I don't cuss. Um, I don't smoke, I don't drink. Well, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with smoking or drinking inherently, but uh, I don't know. There's, there's things about me that remind people this, this person's a little, little different. And uh, sometimes when they notice that, they'll ask, you know, or, or even it won't just be an ask. It'll just be like, um, can you come out with us on, on this time? Or like, oh, no, that, that's when I'm going to church or something like that. Uh, so the fact that I'm a Christian ends up coming out through conversation because I'm not trying to hide it. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't always go. And sometimes, like even I wear shirts. I wear shirts that have Christian symbols on them, or, or the, the word Catholic on it, or something like that. So people, people see that, and they, 
figure it out, <laughs> I guess, that I'm a, that I'm a Christian. Yeah. <clears throat> do, do you find do you find it like just uh, being a Christian and 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 in Bitcoin? Do you find it a little bit easier um, these days as opposed to where it was in, when you first got in? Um, I mean, I don't mean like easier, not just for you, but I mean for as the community grows and grows and grows. Yeah. Uh, enlightening. Do you find that more and more Bitcoiners are coming out saying that they are Christians? I do see that. So one of the things that I noticed, a lot of my early interactions with Bitcoiners happened online and over Twitter. And uh, because I, I assume because of the uh, heavy computer science background involved, um, I noticed that there were a lot of non, non-Christians in uh, like even, even anti-Christians, like people who would actively make fun of faith and stuff. And I was like, well, this to be expected is a bunch of, bunch of online nerds who um, probably grew up watching new atheist videos and stuff. Uh, but then something happened. Like um, it was probably like a year and a half ago. Um, there started to be more Christian content. Like I, I just noticed more more Christians coming out. Like Jimmy Song came out with this book, uh, "Thank God for Bitcoin," and stuff like that. And Christians started making a little more noise in this space and, and making themselves heard and pointing out the connections between Bitcoin and Christianity. So that is that's been inspiring to see. It's like I think now I I, I, don't, I no longer think it's a bunch of it's just a bunch of nerds who grew up watching atheist videos and that they're all the people who are into Bitcoin. I think there's a good uh, a strong minority, maybe even forty percent of Bitcoiners uh, seem to be Christians these days. So yeah, I know for me, like it was it was Jimmy's book that got me back into Christianity mm-hmm. um, because I, yeah, I grew up Catholic as well and. And uh, did that whole thing, but it was kind of like, you know, you get into like punk rock and all that stuff, and that you know gets you thinking different. Mm-hmm. But and then um, it was always in it was always in the background. I always believed in God. I always had that faith. Mm-hmm. But uh, my mom always went to church still, and, and all that stuff. It was always something that we prayed, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that stuff. It was never. You know, I would pray every once in a while. I never went to church, right? Yeah. Like never. I mean, I would go to church with my mom whenever I would visit her, but it was never like a uh, like a reoccurring thing in my life. Um, but um, once, once my mom used to always say, "You need to go to church." You do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know those kind of things. Where, but once my uh, once I read that book, I felt a strong need to have you know Jesus back in my life. Where it was just like, okay, I need. I need this in my life like every day, like every day. Yeah. It needs to be a reoccurring theme. And even now I'm not perfect. Like I, I still curse. And it's like, that's my biggest thing. Cause it's hard to, to quit something that is, yeah. it's just an ingrained it's, habit it's, it's like an that. Ingrained habit. And I've definitely gotten better. Cause I use every, like ask Kyle, like every other word in my sentence structure would be like a curse word. I would literally make <laughs> curse words. You'd make make ones up. <laughs> I would make ones up. Like, so I'm not as bad as I used to be, but it it does slip now. It definitely still slips now, and I hate that I do that still. Yeah, I'm getting better. I'm definitely toned it down to maybe like three or four, five, six cuss words a day, um, and I'm getting better. I'm trying to lock it down to like one or two. Um, paying Kyle like one sat for every curse word, so that helps. But like. One of my one of my clients who I work for is making a a, a Christian based website, and he was part of it's going to be this. Or I guess I'm making the website, but he hired me to do it. Um, <clears throat> and one of the things that's on there is like p- people who are Christians who you wouldn't expect, like comedians and uh, f- film stars and stuff. And um, 
he he was like, and I want to have some people on here who like have a checkered past, you know. And I was like, well, me, you know, I, I've got a checkered present. <laughs> so, uh, but I just uh, that that occurred to me, like, I th- th- we also have a struggle, you know. There's no there's no one in this world who goes through life without sin, um, and uh, and so like. I, I understand that, that we all have our own little, I've got my things, you've got your things. So. Yeah, I'm not a perfect man. I'm far from it. I'm, I'm working to get better. I, I sin every day. I, I, I pray for forgiveness all the time. I'm trying to get better. I'm going to be a better man every yeah. day, I, I think. At least I try. Um, um, what, what do you feel like uh, inside the space that, that um, we as Christian Bitcoiners could do to... Um, I don't. I don't want to use the word advocates because that's just like sounds really dumb. But like, what could we do, be be better at? Um, I don't know. Just for each other, for me and you. What could I be better? What could I do better for you? <laughs> well, you definitely have been a great friend to me. So keeping keeping that up uh, is a big help. You know? So I'm a level six. Friend. <laughs> I've got this. I've got this Sims thing going on with my friends, where I have them level up through stages, <laughs> depending on the level of activities and stuff they do. And currently, Car is at level six of yeah, his friendship. It's pretty, it's pretty so. awesome. Um, I'm so. not a level forty friend like uh, Ben Carmen, unfortunately. <laughs> it kind of sucks because uh, Ben is like a level forty friend, but I am a level six friend, uh, which is pretty cool. You know, one uh, one thing that occurred to me when you were asking your question, uh, what what can Christians who are Bitcoiners do better for each other? Was that your question? Yeah, 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 yeah for each other, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that's missing in the, in the church right now is um, you know, churches need money too. And it would be really good if our churches had sound money. So mm-hmm. I think um, getting on the stick about inviting churches to um, take Bitcoin as a as for, for tithes or to, uh, get Bitcoin as one of the donation options on their website would be great. And then teaching them about sound money and, and holding it and um, uh, writing it out, writing out the waves of uh, adoption is, is something that is missing right now. So uh, I don't know. That, that is, in a sense, that's not doing something on an individual level for one another, but it's doing something for the uh, on the corporate level for the church. Um, yeah, so. we need to figure that out, right? Like, maybe I can do that. Maybe it would be cool. Start that. I think uh, there is, most churches are like, I, I imagine if, if you offered them, do you want this method of accepting payments? I'm sure they'd be like, sure, whatever, <laughs> as long as it gets us money right. because they need it. You know, they've got bills to pay too. But um, uh, I, I imagine it would be pretty easy to get churches on board, but I don't think anyone spearheaded that effort yet. So Yeah, I can start with my own backyard for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look into figure it out how to do that. Cause I have a community church I go to here in town. And so, yeah, I could definitely start, start that process or at least bring it up. Maybe just start with the book first, giving it, giving it to them, giving it to the leadership and then seeing what kind of happens after that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think Christian, Christian groups, uh, Christians are pretty good at small groups. They're one of the, um, one of the things you commonly see at churches, you get the bulletin or whatever, and you see like, oh, there's there's a Bible study at seven on Thursdays, and there's a men's group, and there's a women's group, and there's, I think bringing up Bitcoin in those groups and talking about it, and making it making it a topic of discussion, maybe bringing in a book like that to help people understand where where Bitcoin fits into the Christian life, um, that that can be a big impact. And then uh, when you've got when you've got a, a group of people who understand that, 
then it makes it easier to approach the pastor. And maybe he's even in one of those groups. You know, the pastor might be at that Bible study on Thursdays or the men's group. And you can, he can be one of the people who you influence through that way. And then he might be open to the, to the idea of um, putting Bitcoin, we, we, Bitcoin accepted here on the church website or whatever. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'll have to. I'm always scared to bring that up around them because I'm afraid that. Because um, like the only reason I, I say that is because I I brought it up one time to my aunt, mm-hmm. and she's Christian, and she, she like nearly flipped out. She was like, "Oh, this and this and this and this and revelations and all this stuff," and I was like, "Okay, never bring that up again." She was <laughs> like, "It was just kind of scary." Like she like flipped out. I was like, well, I'm going to send you this book. I don't know if she ever read it. But. Yeah. I, you know, I was, it reminds me, I was talking to my sister about Bitcoin before she bought in, before my sister purchased any Bitcoin once. Uh, I was like, you know, one, one day everyone will use Bitcoin. She was like, well, I believe it because the Antichrist will make them. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, the Antichrist is going to want everyone to use his money. So, I mean, that 666 thing, he just, uh, he wants to have control over the economy. And I was like, well, if the Antichrist wants control over the economy, then he's not going to like Bitcoin, <laughs> you know, because yeah. Bitcoin, the people have control over it and you hold your own keys and all this stuff. And she was like, what do you mean? And I started explaining to her how Bitcoin works and how that fits into that. And uh, like a couple of days later, she was like, I want to buy some Bitcoin. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if you if you actually talk to people about how it works, um, you know, the 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 Antichrist is not going to like Bitcoin, and that that can be a that can be an entry point for someone for someone who thinks that. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe once I send them the maybe once I talk to the, the the fellowship there, I'll bring you along, super, and then we'll we'll orange pill them together. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great, right? It would just be a tag team effort. Yeah, I think I think that that is a good idea though. Like starting with our own backyard, getting some churches to at least accept Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and then this way we can start. Um, yeah, that, I think that would be a good good effort that for we what we can do at least as Bitcoiners. Yeah, and like one one of the things I do uh, is I build websites for people, and a lot of the, some of my clients occasionally are people who are involved in the church in some way, so. If you have a website and you're like, do you want to do? Do you want to have a store on your website? Do you want to have merchandise or do you want to accept donations or whatever? I'm like, sure. And you're like, okay, here's what I recommend. You can get a set of, you can accept Stripe, you can get, accept credit cards, you can accept PayPal, and you can accept Bitcoin. How does that sound? No, yeah, sounds good. Let's do that. You know, you just make it an ordinary thing, an ordinary part of building out that those structures of a website. Yeah. Um, it uh, it can have a really big impact. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you was, um, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about lightning since it's a, it's it's a thing these days. So what have you mm-hmm. been working on these days? I know here at Pleb Lab you're doing lightning escrow stuff, but I know you're doing some other stuff. Are you doing stuff with Fiat Jeff? I know Keon mentioned that. Yeah, I can, uh, not, not coding wise. I haven't coded anything for Fiat Jeff lately. Um, but what I, I, I contribute to his Noster Telegram group. So he's got this, um, He's got this uh, piece of software that he's been writing called Noster, which is a way of storing and retrieving data uh, that could potentially one day be decentralized. Um, but it, 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 right now it's not decentralized yet, but it's got the potential for that, which is pretty cool. So I contribute to his Telegram channel where we discuss improvements we can make to the protocol, um, how to add new features and stuff. 
Uh, and uh, it's so that if, if that's probably what you're thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about it yesterday on Stack the News Live about, you know, what it was and all this stuff like that. Um, but yeah. Anything else that you've been working on that's really interesting? Or I guess that you can talk about publicly? Um, the big, the biggest thing I've been working on has been lightning escrow. Uh, and I have a bunch of ideas for things I want to do when I'm, when it's done, when it's ready and when I can hand it off to the, to the, to the next engineer. Um, so I, I could talk about some of those, but, uh, uh, you know, maybe we should save that for future episodes. Cool. Well, thank you so much Super, for coming on and, and talking about Christianity. I really appreciate it. Where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter at Geistlight, G-E-I-S-T-L-I-G-H-T. On Telegram, I am Super Testnet. That's all one word, Super, and then Testnet. And that's uh, those are the best places to reach me. Oh, my GitHub, github.com slash Super Testnet. So. Well, thank you for being a great friend. I love you. And thank you for being my spiritual brother through this crazy times that we're living in. Amen, Carr. I love you, too. Let's keep building up the body of Christ. Speaking of Christ, time to crack the whip. Watch. That should work in the work. I mean, you recorded an episode of uh, this podcast.